Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Gordon Monson out. He'll be back coming up next week. Tim LaCombe sitting in, hanging out with us, talking a lot of basketball today, and we'll uh, we'll get back to that. But see the story uh, about an update on a story that happened over the weekend, Tim, that is just crazy. And I know you're a big Red Sox guy. You're a big Boston guy. Uh, Card-carrying member of Red Sox Nation. Yeah, for what, the since what, 04? No. Since they, they got over the hump? No, man. Like Jumped on uh, that bandwagon? No, I've been, I've been with them for, I guess I was a Dodger fan up through 10 years, 12 years old, but then I was a Red Sox guy. Okay. I got a board game back in the day. Isn't it always funny how that all starts? And it was like a, you know, you flip, it was kind of a statomatic game or whatever, and the, the board, you would open it up and- and uh, the Green Monster, you know, Fenway would pop up. That's cool. So it was, yeah. And then I ended up spending some time in Boston, you know, in the 80s. So I've been with them for much longer than 04. Talon, aren't you a bandwagon Red Sox fan? No. I became a fan in 2003. <laughs> Strange. They had Pedro Martinez, a pretty good team back then. No. It, yeah. I, well, no, I'll, I'll tell you, this This proves that, like, I couldn't have been a bandwagon because I literally, the only reason I became a Red Sox fan was because I didn't have a team. My parents went to Boston that earlier that, not even the summer, it was, I think it was October. And they brought me back a hat. I was like, okay, I'll be a Red Sox fan. So and you're then, like, you're so like I'm what's just this the, adversity that yeah, no, I have no, I, Yeah, no, I just heard about the, the curse of the Bambino. I very had very few struggles. In life, being a Red Sox fan. Yeah, you've. Uh, and then I it's went. Been good for you. Yeah, right onto the bandwagon. You're the difference, Talon. <laughs> you broke the. Curse. I know, right? Yeah, that's what I keep trying to tell people. I learned something today. Well, David Ortiz was shot at a bar in the Dominican Republic over the weekend, and I, I'm just going to read this because this is new information that I'm seeing coming across. Reading from the New York Post, authorities in the Dominican Republic believe David Ortiz was targeted for a hit carried out by two local police officers, according to a report. Law enforcement sources have confirmed uh, the planned assassination. The uh, The person behind the hit attempt has not been identified. Police have so far arrested Eddie Feliz Garcia, but the probe is ongoing. Ortiz rep Leo Lopez confirmed uh, that, quote, it was an act of hired killers, unquote. And uh, let's see. Uh, he went on to say, if we had known uh, that there was a dangerous situation, he would not have been there at that time. Ortiz is currently recovering from surgery in which he had parts of his intestines and colon as well as his gallbladder removed. Yeah, just thank goodness he's okay, right? I mean, the, that's the first thing you think about. Um, I was uh, sitting at the horse races last night and saw that come across. And, man, it kind of made me sick for a second. Um, but glad he's he sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, but just scary. How many of these incidents have there been? Um, it's... it's uh, it's it's really kind of a, a scary thing that they go back to their the place they love the place they grew up and it's not safe you know it's just a, that, that's a crazy story a hit a hit involving two police officers that is that is well uh, but but you hit the nail on the head I don't I don't think a lot of people realize there are some really gnarly stories out there particularly baseball players who are coming from 
um, you know, sometimes uh, Central America, South America, obviously the Dominican Republic, when uh, they get some notoriety and they've got family and stuff that's still uh, living. And everybody knows they have money. Yeah, and they, there's kidnappings and all these things. Right. Uh, look into the uh, the story, we don't have to get into it, but of uh, Uga Thurbina, the, the closer for the Expos for a long time. I mean, his story took a wild turn where he killed somebody with a machete. Oh, but they were threatening, I mean, they were threatening his family. They were coming after... Uh, you know his money and whatnot. It's 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 a bigger issue than people realize. It's wild, and I don't know why somebody wants to have David Ortiz killed. But boy, you've got to be careful. Man, he's so beloved, uh, you know, across the game, but particularly in Boston. And uh, I know there there's so much uh, concern for he and his family. But I'm just glad that he's he's okay. And uh, that's a wild little twist, though. Yeah, first thing I I wasn't thinking it was part of a hit. You know, that's crazy. Well, because they initially said it was a robbery, right. and then the video came out, and uh, you look at it, and it didn't look much like a robbery, and now uh, maybe somebody wanted him out of the way. Yeah, which is uh, which is just wild. So yeah, best to uh, Salt Lake Buzz great David Ortiz. That's right. Did you ever see him play with the Buzz? I did not. Yeah, I did not. I got I, to see him one time. I remember looking at the man. That's a big guy, and then he he just had no idea what he what he would end up doing. Isn't that funny with minor league sports? Because all sorts of big names have come through yeah. Salt Lake on their on their way to the majors. Yep, and uh, you you just never know. Also for that, uh, uh, you know, you hear us reading the liners, the you know the tournament going on up at Oak Ridge Country for Club golf. This yeah. Year. yeah, yeah, those. I mean, all sorts of huge names have won that tournament. Yep, and then they go on to uh, to PGA greatness. That's a fun event. That for is sure. a way I, fun event. I love that. Uh, I've, I've tried to carve out a day here or there where I could go up and just uh, it just tells you how amazingly good. Though you know the the guys on the PGA Tour are because, I mean I sit and watch and just marvel at these guys the way they play. It's uh it, it's a day well spent. Uh, definitely something. If you haven't done that, that's a that's a cool thing to go check out. It is a cool thing. Yeah, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, all right, let's talk a, a little basketball. Take advantage of having Tim uh, Lacombe in with us, and uh, we were talking a little bit off the air, and I know we had you on. Um, uh, we had you on when Yoli Childs made the decision to come back to BYU, but we talked a little bit about uh, Utah with Dirk Facer a little bit earlier. But how how big a deal is it, Tim, uh, that Nimi Keita and and Yoli Childs chose to come back, and and how maybe fun of a college basketball season are we in for coming up next year with some players that uh, and some teams that look to be pretty darn good? I guess the first thing I'd say is that it, it's just awesome to see young guys who have taken advantage of the way the process was intended and gone out and uh and gotten real live good feedback and then really being mature enough and the people around them mature enough to understand that the best thing for them was to come back um both teams uh you know utah state had a, a, just a storybook season last year and uh and Kato was a huge part of that he's he's so fun to watch and i think his his trajectory is definitely you know talking through the year to uh, some NBA guys, his trajectories, I think, is for that league, but it's not right now, and I think he's really smart to do that. Yoli's situation, um, uh, I think Yoli was pretty dead set uh, on on going pro, and had you know had a couple of real good offers overseas. Um, but all the credit in the world to Coach Pope and his staff uh, that spent really uh, just two weeks basically bombarding. Yoli with every possible scenario um, and then using just real life stuff you know Mark Pope was was a terrific player 
but he understood and and goes through the NBA lore really of a guy who uh, was just kind of even with a lot of people in talent, but ended up getting contracts because of the type of person he was, uh, his work ethic, and how he understood you know how to be a teammate. And so, well, I thought I think those are the things probably more than anything with Yoli that he'll really benefit from having. Uh, a guy like Coach Pope who's gone the route that he intends or would love to go. Uh, and then to be able to fill the the void of some talent, like Jake Toulson coming over, um, both teams are going to be, Utah, Utah State are going to be really, really good teams and teams that probably would be, in my mind, teams that would you know possibly be picked. Utah State for sure, BYU possibly, as teams will make the NCAA tournament next year. How much better has Jake Toulson got? I, I, you talked to me a little bit about it while you were covering some playoffs, and I heard it from others that that he was. I mean, there were some big time programs that were coming in to try and get him as a graduate transfer, and he ends up following Pope to to BYU. But I mean, people saw the names of schools that were interested oh, yeah. in him. I mean, it was the it was the creme de la creme. I mean, he's really turned into a really great player. He really has, and, and it's so awesome because Jake's actually a kid that um that I got to know was in the ninth grade. Um, I was a huge part of his recruitment in terms of just getting to know him, building a relationship. Uh, and he's been through some really tough stuff. You know, he uh, he went through some some things just soul searching wise, you know, trying to figure out if basketball was even something he wanted to do. Interesting. And he, uh, he, you know, he took a step back out of it and kind of uh, decided that he was, you know, uh, going to keep playing, but, you know, kind of on his terms. And he went over to did a great job at UVU, was the player of the year last year in the Western Athletic Conference. And he's just one of those guys you love having on your team because he, he's, first of all, he's very cerebral. He sees the game and understands it. Um, but then he can do all, he can play at all three levels. He can shoot it, he can bounce it, he can make plays for others, and he can finish around the rim. He's big and strong enough to finish around the rim. So, uh, you know, him being a true stretch four uh, in, in a really – uh, in a position where, like in the WCC, you can play that guy. Uh, uh, and then having Yoli there with him, um, and then TJ with a ton of experience, it's fun, be fun to watch. And I'm glad that, I'm just on a personal level, I'm really glad that Jake's in such a good place and is he's doing so well in life. He's married, has a kid. Uh, and it's exciting. It's going to be exciting to see what he can do at BYU this year. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what Gonzaga is bringing back next year, but I would guess with the the guys that we're talking about there at BYU, they they should absolutely, maybe not be the favorite, obviously, but they they should be in the mix. I would think as yeah. a, as a tournament team coming out of the WCC. Yeah, St. Mary's is really good. Uh, Gonzaga is just a given; always going to be really good. They they did lose some guys um, to the draft: Hachimura, Norvell, and Clark. So that's that's a pretty that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. But they also have a guy who's projected, you know, that didn't hardly play a lot this year as a freshman that is projected to be in the lottery next year. Um, so they just rebuild and reload, and they got a fifth-year transfer from Texas A&M who's going to be terrific. And uh, I just if, – if, you if you're not a believer in Gonzaga at this point, you're never going to be because uh, what Coach Few's done from the very beginning of time, you know, that he took that over to now, it, it really is staggering. What's his magic? What's his secret? I think he understands what good players are. Uh, I think he recruits talented guys, but I think there's a little bit of the special sauce in my mind is his. He he really is um, more than anything the only real huge policy he has or team. Everything has to be done for the team. Um, they get really talented guys, but for the most part, those guys come back and get better. Uh, they 
they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And then probably the thing he's done more better than anybody in the country is taking transfers from tough situations and plugging them in to a situation that they can just thrive in. I was going to say, he seems to me like he's been way ahead of this transfer curve. Yeah. Like he's been bringing in guys who maybe for one reason or another didn't work out. You isolate them up there in, in Spokane and, and, and put them into your system, and it's just worked over and over and over yeah, again for him. Everything's about team, and, and seriously, Mark is just – you could sit down and talk to him. He's just a regular good dude. You know, he's – kids like him. Um, he They get – he gets kids and they get him. Uh, and then he's really been a great – uh, he's hired great guys around him. You know, Tommy Lloyd's just Tommy Lloyd's a, is a great recruiter. Um, Donnie Daniels was up there for years. Uh, they just do an awesome job of, of building a culture and a program that uh, that just wins. You know, one moment I was present for, I didn't plan to go down this road with you here, but I, I'm sure you remember this. I was down at the West Coast Conference Tournament, and Gonzaga had just beaten somebody. And it wasn't the final, and I'm trying to remember where it was. But basically, Mark Few got up after the game and called out the whole league for sucking. Oh, yeah. You remember? I oh, mean, yeah. he basically said, oh, what, are, what are we doing here? We're distributing all this money through the conference and, and no programs. And I, I think he excluded St. Mary's and BYU specifically by name. Uh, but he said that these the, don't invest in the basketball program and they're dragging down Gonzaga because they suck so bad. I'm sitting there thinking, like, I have never heard a head coach go after the rest of the league like this. Never. And nobody he didn't get a whole lot of pushback because he was 100% right. I mean, nobody came out of there going, geez, what a jerk. Everybody came out of there going, yeah. He's right. We've been watching this league for a while, and these guys never get any better, and it does nothing but drag the rest of the, the, the conference down. I'd never heard something like that No before. doubt. And it's something that you really, unless you've actually done it, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's one, one school in the WCC for their basketball that you literally to to get into the game, okay? As a as a coach, as a player, there's only one door in and one door out, like there would be in a high school. You literally walk right past the concession stand, and your your locker room's on the back side of the concession stand. Oh man! So all you smell is popcorn and hot dogs in your in your little makeshift. And seriously, there. Say hi to everybody what, on your way in and out. What hey. what he said was was a hundred percent like you said a hundred percent true and and the funny spin on that is Saint, Santa Clara took that really seriously into heart and uh, they took out a full page ad this year announcing the the money they're putting into their facility for basketball they took out a full page ad and put it in the spokane paper as kind of like hey mark really yeah here's what we're doing that's hilarious you know what that bottom Two fifty-one point losses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, I, somehow they you know Mark used that like look at these guys man they haven't done anything for years now they're going to do something but two fifty-one point losses was what they got for the full page ad. You know and and maybe it's related and maybe it's not but I and it's easy to beat up on the West Coast Conference sometimes but I, you do notice that after that there have been some investment in some of those basketball programs and they have improved and and uh this year was actually a really good example of that. There were some teams that were not necessarily used to being all that good that were good programs and I know that uh that the San Diego game is certainly a, a bit of a sore spot that I'm sure you no, would sure. prefer not to remember but San Diego is one of those teams that has gotten better their basketball program has gotten significantly better over the past three or four years. San Diego, San Francisco, yep. another one. 
Um, and, and really, you just look at who they hired. They hired great coaches. You know, they hired guys who um, understand what it is to run a program, been around it a ton. Uh, is really not there's not a whole lot of mystery. I think you just got to have strong leadership, and you got to have uh, people that understand what you got to do to try to get guys to come, uh, and and then treat them right and get them to develop. I never understood why San Diego and San Diego State wouldn't have all the advantages when it comes to recruiting football, basketball, whatever. Who doesn't want to go to San Diego? Have you been? To, have you been to their campus? Uh, I have from afar. I don't know if I've oh, been man. on it. It's so awesome. Is it gorgeous? It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It is. Uh, it is like. You take all the weather and everything, but the cam- the campus itself, their baseball field is amazing. Yeah, I would definitely love to spend some time there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Utes real quick here because I've got some uh, Donovan Mitchell stuff I want to run by you coming up in the uh, in the five thirty second. But we asked Dirk Facer about how much pressure Larry Kraskoviak is going to be under at, at Utah, and his buyout is is ridiculous. So maybe it doesn't even matter. But but as far as you, when you were part of the Utah basketball program. The, the the standard was you're going to the tournament every year. I mean Utah in their rich basketball history, they were a, a NCAA tournament team. I mean, I, I can't remember how many years you guys made it consecutively to the tournament, but it was significant. It made a tournament for over a decade, basically. What it, what do you think is fair in in today's day and age? Pac-12 basketball, the conference hasn't necessarily been terrific, but Utah has had a couple of runs with Larry. What what is what is an acceptable expectation standard for that program? Is it reasonable for fans to expect them to go to the tournament every year based on who Utah is and who they have been? Well, whether it's reasonable or not, I think that that is the standard. You know, I, I would speak, having been at BYU and Utah, if you don't get to the NCAA tournament, it's a strike against you. It's just how it is. And that's is that fair or reasonable? I, I would say no because I think you have to look at the – the entire body of, of work and it is what we're seeing is so difficult to get kids in there and have them first of all be patient enough to wait their turn right so first of all you need you need really talented guys that will come in and play and help you but you also need that level of guy that can come in and wait their turn and then when the time's right be really good for you and if you look through Utah's runs. They had marquee guys, but then they had a whole layer of guys under it that just from freshman to sophomore to junior to senior year got better, and they helped your program. The hard part at, at Utah right now is they're having a hard time, uh, as we did at BYU, keeping kids around. And I don't think that that's so much about Coach K or about Dave Rose or whoever it is. It's more about the way kids are nowadays. And that's I'm not saying that as a negative but it is the truth that kids just see things different. They think, well, I'm going to go play for a year and we'll play for two. I'm going to go to the league. <laughs> they get there and they realize the league's a little tough. So maybe I'll just go make money at this place or this place. Or so, or I'll, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not going the way I want, I'll transfer. Um, so that's a roundabout way of answering the question. But I think, first of all, the, the, re- the, uh, the expectation won't ever change at Utah or BYU the NCAA tournament is it and if you don't get there you know we we made NIT runs two NIT runs to the final four at BYU uh and quite frankly we're just you know for the most part it was just kind of a yawn like oh good job guys you know and it, it was hard to do you know we beat some really good teams to get back there Virginia Tech being one of them yeah you were there sorry about I that. was at that game that was a heck of a yeah, game we beat man. UAB Creighton and Virginia Tech that year those the three really good teams really good programs um but 
at the end of the day, you have to put your team in a position to get the NCAA tournament, bar none, or, you know, there's going to be people chirping and the louder the chirps get then something has to be done they have to figure out that dynamic change with the younger uh, dave rose filled in with pk a couple of weeks ago yeah uh, and, and he was terrific by the way that was a super fun morning of uh, of sports radio but he said something that stood out to me he said uh, at byu we used to get old and stay old right they're having a tough time doing that i would imagine it's it's a similar problem with utah and that's around the country yeah you, you know, got to figure out that new dynamic and what we're not getting here that other teams they just go get the best one and done guys and plug them in and you know zion's going to be take you to the tournament and uh you know rj barrett's going to take you to the tournament but it's those guys who will be really good be solid and stick with you through you know thick and thin for a couple of years speaking of sticking through uh thick and thin with you tim to transition if it's we mike. might our good friend mike from many hour services is here and uh, that's what you guys do. You hey, take bef- care of our list. Before you start, <laughs> Coach Rose, because we were talking about him in the last segment, he always said this, and it's a good feed-in. He said, "When we, whenever we get to whatever's next, you know, heaven, whatever, I'm going to go up and whoever invented air conditioning, I'm going to hug them. Because <laughs> you imagine going through this life without air conditioning. Carrier actually invented air Hey, there you go. They did. Let's go. So he's going to get some hugs up there. Uh, Mr. Carrier is going to get a big old squeeze from Dave Rose. Dave Rose. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's uh, let's talk about air conditioners. Uh, any advice for somebody getting a new system going down that road? Uh, yes. Uh, the best advice is if possible, like if you know that your system might not make it through the summer, you've been either you've been repairing it over the last couple of years, or you've been told like, hey, you might want to think about replacing this. Don't wait until it's a hundred plus degrees outside and your system breaks down to start shopping. Um, if you wait that long, you're just going to end up hot and frustrated because it's going to take a couple of days for a company to even get out there, and then you're going to end up paying retail for the equipment because most of the savings and stuff are gone because you think about uh, in the slow season, you know, we talk about it's a great time to get a good deal on a system because of the supply and demand that flips on its head in the summer. You've got way more demand than you've got supply. And so people end up waiting and paying retail for the stuff. All right. We've been talking about the high efficiency uh, equipment. If I go with that, am I going to see it immediately on the power bill? Um, you should. Now, it's a little hard to quantify because every every month is a little bit different, and right. you have to think about: Are you on um, are you on equal pay, or are you doing it every month? And even if you look at year over year, the amount of power that you use, the two biggest things that determine how much energy you're going to use is one, how hot it is outside, and two, uh, the run times. So for the last you know however many months that we've had this mild temperature, we've all been saving money on our air conditioners because we can just open the window and kick on a fan. But we're getting into those months when it gets really hot. Let's just say this. If all things were equal, um, if you upgrade from a 10-seer air conditioner to a 16-seer air conditioner, you can expect to spend about 42% less um, on the the cost of cooling your home. The biggest difference that you're going to see is 
in that difference of upgrading the efficiency. So if you go from a 16 sear to a 17 sear, you're probably not going to notice a huge difference as if you were to go from an older 10 sear unit to a 16 sear unit. That's where you're going to see the biggest savings every month. And now's a great time because you guys have a terrific offer. Absolutely. Between the manufacturers and utility companies, you can save up to $2,000 on qualifying uh, high efficiency air conditioners. Any hour kicking in another 600 bucks. So you got a possibility of 2600 bucks and save savings on the table. And all you have to do is take that first step of calling and meeting with one of our HVAC supervisors. The visit is free. They'll design a system, show you how much it costs, how much you could save, how much of these rebates you qualify for. And like I said, the visit's always free. The the reason you want to call tonight, though, the thing that's special for Zone listeners is when you call in, we're going to note the account. And after our supervisors meet with you, they're going to look down and be like, oh, you're Zone listener. You're going to get dinner and movie tickets, whether you buy anything or not, just to say thanks for your time. Awesome. No obligation. The visit's always free. Possibility to save up to $2,600. Call before 7, and they'll come out and they'll uh, consult with you, and you get free dinner and a movie. So call now. Get on the schedule before 7. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. That is any hour services. Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, we're going to talk a little uh, jazz basketball, a little Donovan Mitchell with Tim Lacombe coming up right around the corner. want to remind you about Ute Conference football. 14 U divisions will allow players the full high school experience. High school rules, unlimited weights, real football. If you're tired of rec league competition, sign up today, uteconferencefootball.org. Let's, complete, uh, let's compete. Let's play. We'll have more coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Seven five and twelve eight of the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Gordon is on vacation. He'll be back coming up next week. Sitting in the one and only Tim Lacombe, of course, uh, part of our playoff coverage. An analyst here on the zone, former uh, coach down at BYU and Utah as well. Going to be part of our draft coverage coming up next week, which is a really fun night of sports radio. By the way, I'm really looking forward to that. It's uh, obviously you're watching it and you're kind of getting pieces of, of what's going on, but. That's always been something I've gotten together with friends, and we try to get the picks right. You know, it's it's a fun night for sure. I love the NBA draft. Yeah, and this year, I I think the interesting part about this year is yeah, there's the the top three that seem to be cemented in, and everybody's saying that's the creme de la creme of the draft, and then it flattens out uh, for the rest of it. So maybe this is a draft where if you see somebody that uh, 
that has a particular something you like, maybe you can't have the ability to go get them or have them fall to you because it's not there. That pecking order isn't necessarily there. Well, all the intrigue with trades and what the trades mean and what everybody's trying to position themselves for. That's, that's a, uh, I'm with you. That's a great night. I love it. Uh, I love it. All right, some jazz news today, Tim. It's uh, official. USA Basketball today announced that uh, jazz guard Donovan Mitchell is among the 20 players chosen for the 2019 USA men's uh, national team training camp that will run August 5th through 9th in Las Vegas uh, to select finalists for the USA World Cup team, and that's going to be in China in September. Um, and Gordon and I differed on this uh, a little bit when kind of the rumors were out there that uh, that Donovan was going to be a part of this group. I, whether he makes the team or not, it makes no difference to me. But I would think there is just infinite value in going to a camp like this down in Las Vegas with the best of the best. If if this offseason, which I, I really think it needs to be about improvement for Donovan, he was hurt last offseason. He's got his health this offseason. He needs to to work on making that next step. And, and he's great already. But, I mean, I think we all think maybe there's another level there, and this offseason can be important for that. I think th- th- there's just an incredible amount of value in him making this 20-team invite list. And what's Gordon's take on it, that he doesn't want him to get worn out or hurt? Inch hurt? Yeah. yeah, you're putting him at risk. I, I mean, he, the the Paul George scare from a few years ago where he you know he missed a whole year because of uh, going down to this camp and getting hurt. No, I think it's I, – I, I actually tend to side more with you. I think that the – the experience itself, the competition, which is, as an elite athlete, you're always looking for how do I how do I get around the best competition and improve. Uh, then the veterans that will actually kind of be involved in, you know, guys that he can kind of learn from, and even if he picks up just one or two things from it. Uh, but more than anything, I just think it's a, I think it's a a great tribute to a young player who's gone about doing things the right way. Uh, that's exceptional talent off on the court, but somebody you can really cheer for off the court. Um, and and I also look into it where this this is really good for the Jazz, you know, brand identity. You know, again, just solidifying Donovan's place here in Utah, and the, for lack of a better word, the marketing it does for uh, the Jazz chances to lance, you know, a cu- couple guys down the road. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a, a definite win-win all the way around. Well, Donovan too seems like this sponge kind of guy, and and you can probably talk about the coachability of of some guys over others. And you know, watching from outside, we don't know the whole story, but hearing Quinn Snyder and his comments on Donovan and and coaching him, he loves coaching him because there's always something that Donovan's working on. I would think that especially a guy like like him going down there and not just the players he's going to be working out with, but the coaches that they assemble down That's there. That's an awesome and, uh, staff. It, it seems like it, it'd just be an awesome opportunity for a guy like that, regardless of if he makes the team or not. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, uh, just that, as a young kid growing up, that's probably you know uh, something that he had written not down as one of his goals to be able to represent his country or have any opportunity to. Uh, but just to be around those those great players, great minds, have that experience, get to play uh, and compete for something uh, in the off season, and just keep himself fresh, uh, keep himself sharp. And focused, I, I do believe it's a really good thing for for both Donovan and the Jazz. And I get the paranoia, you know, the Paul George thing, and I, I understand that. But I think somebody at Donovan's point in his career, and somebody like say, 
Ricky Rubio, who's been playing national basketball every single offseason, basically his entire career, and he's a veteran and this and that. Like uh, He didn't play last year, and I understood that decision because, yeah, he does have a lot of wear and tear on the tires. He probably needed rest first and foremost, and maybe some injury prevention. But if you're a young and upcoming player, like like I, I realized Dante Exum got hurt in international play, but that dude needed to be on the floor. you got to take that risk at some point because you need to get better and you need that experience. And at that age, yeah, stuff can happen, but I, it seems to me like the benefit way outweighs the risk. Well, the other thing is I just I just don't – I just don't roll that way. I'm not looking for the what's the worst thing that can happen. I'm always like, hey, what what can right. what good can come from this? And you know, it's no secret that if he's not playing in this, he'll be playing pickup down in Malibu with all the guys, or he's going to find games, <laughs> find opportunities to play because that's what you do in order to get better. You have to have the reps. You have to have game reps, and that's why kids love, and that's why players love to go play pickup uh, because. It's just rep after rep after rep. There's only so much dribbling around cones uh, and shooting stationary shots and those type of things. You, you want to play. And this will give him a great opportunity to not only play, but play against you know the best of the best. I would guess as a coach, too, from your standpoint, you would have to get over that fear of them possibly hurting themselves. Like You'd have to get over that pretty quick because you want them to play. Right. You want them to work out, and you can get hurt getting out of the bed in the morning. Now, under some conditions, depending on they're coming off an injury or you know they've been gone for a prolonged period of time for one reason or another, there's always – you have to have precaution. Uh but when a guy's like like Donovan is in the very peak condition, he just finished a season, he's looking to get better. Uh, I, I I'm all for it. I think it's great. And you probably don't want those guys going out and playing with the you know the Hunter Third Ward or something like that. But you know go play, <laughs> go play in those runs where you get uh, other college basketball players or other NBA players or those uh, you, you know those facilities down in Malibu right. or what the isn't there a big game in Miami too that mm-hmm. everybody goes down and plays in like. You know, that's how you get there's better. There's games everywhere. Yeah, there's games everywhere, and there's guys that go their place, and then people follow. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's di- all sorts of different levels to, to be able to compete. But this one, this one's the best of the best, the elite. And he'll benefit from it, a no guy question. like that. No question. All right, we're going to get Tim's final thoughts on uh, the big game five going down in the NBA Finals. We'll get to that coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Lesson learned, it's gone the exact opposite that I thought. 3-1, Toronto in the lead. But you've been saying it, I've been saying it. We're going down. Going down with the ship. Yeah. Still picking the Warriors. Warriors to Titletown. <laughs> what other hill will you die on? And what hill have you died on? One of mine was Ryan Leaf. Should have taken him over Peyton Manning. Okay. Yeah. I was all about it. No, Ryan Leaf. Better body, better arm, better this. He was at Washington State and he tore it up with them. <laughs> I mean, this? come on. He took him to the Rose Bowl for the first time forever. Yeah. You a lot to work with. I was a big Derek Williams guy coming out of Arizona. <laughs> I thought he would be the number one pick. I would spend everything I could to draft him at number one. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Too many dreamers wearing a mask. Too many dreamers looking for the warmth that lasts. Big Show 97.5 and 
Ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans at Mountainland Supply. Their customer appreciation day is coming up on Wednesday from 11 to 3, 1505 West, 130 South in Orem. Enjoy free Bam Bam's Barbecue, Dapper and Dash, and much, much more out there with Mountainland Supply. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott Gordo off on vacation, sitting in uh, the one and only Tim Lacombe. And uh, today's been fun, Tim. It's been a great day to, to have you in. A lot of uh, very interesting basketball stuff going on out there today. Yeah, I'm glad there's only one there, one and only me. <laughs> It'd be confusing if there were two. <laughs> it would be. That would be uh, very confusing, although more convenient, right? You ever seen that movie, Multiplicity? Yeah, yeah. yeah it would just, be. Uh, All right, you go do the radio show. You know. I'll be at home taking a nap. Yeah, that that sounds pretty. Talk about efficiency, you know. <laughs> you have a very high sear system. Very high sear. Way yeah. to way to tie in Just any hour in. too. Wow, Absolutely. you know the best of the best over there. All right, Kevin Durant's going to play Golden State on the brink of elimination. Game five uh, tonight. It tips off at uh, at seven o'clock. And uh, what? How much of a difference do you think Durant's going to make uh, here? Because that's the big that's the big thing, right? Uh, Kevin Durant comes in to save the day, yeah, for sure. I've I guess I preface this by saying I've been horrible in my predictions. You did have Boston coming out of the East. Well, that and then I picked the Warriors to win in five. Okay, so that didn't happen. I had the Warriors winning in six. I think most people were. Yeah, but Monson had them winning in five. Golden how about State? a boy Eric had the Raptors in five, saying that. Uh, Durant would come back in five. That's crazy. I mean, just nuts. Part of me doesn't know if I believe Eric. Yeah? No, you think I'm, he just made that up? No, I don't. I'm sure it's on record out there somewhere. Good for him. It wasn't on his Twitter. I checked that. Did you check talking. it out? Of course. Because that's a pretty... It's not documented. No. That's a that's a that's a pretty... Um, that's bold. That's, a, that's way bold. Yeah, like I'm wondering word. if he has Biff's Almanac or something, <laughs> which would be awesome. Um, no, but it's it, it's intriguing for sure. I just don't know. I mean, I, in a normal situation where you're talking about Kevin Durant, you think uh, they, they it's it's like a no brainer. They'll be fine. But I don't know, man. The Raptors have got so much going on, and it's at their place, and they're playing so well. Uh, it will be it will be interesting because I think you'll be able to tell right from the start what kind of, of what juice that KD has and how truly healthy he is. I would be worried that they, the Raptors, that is, would go right at him on defense. I right. mean, Kevin's probably going to make a few shots. Yeah. You know, even if he's just a decoy out there, he probably has some effect offensively. But who does he guard? I mean, you don't throw him right into the deep end on Kawhi. That's what you'd like to do. Right. But there's no way they get away with that, I wouldn't think. No. So it'll be – it's intriguing. I think for the sake of the fact that I, – I, I would say the Raptors win tonight – uh, which almost guarantees a Warriors win, and it is pick them. So, if anybody wants to move Skittles around, there's your there's your opportunity. I think I I'm as bad as Paul Pierce has been in the playoffs picking things. Who he's been rough. He's been rough. Yeah, he's yep. he's been a little. But bit But he did rough. say that the Toronto Raptors would not go back. That they would win the other night and not go back. So, that would be pretty good too, because uh, I I wouldn't have been prepared to say that it was going to end. I didn't think the Raptors would win too. And I certainly didn't think that – I would think it would, it would go back. 
Didn't uh, didn't Boston win? What was it? Game was it game one or game two in their series against Milwaukee? And Paul Pierce said it's it's over. It's over. It was game one. Yeah, yeah. he said it. Yeah, it's over. I think that was right about the time that somebody asked me, and I th- I thought oh Celtics are going to roll. They'll be there. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: the Celtics might be the most interesting team in the most interesting offseason in NBA history. They've they've got so many moving parts and so many assets. They could do anything, uh, anything, and they could really uh, totally affect the market. You know. Because they have to move people to get people, and there's a lot of good players on their roster. Well, and the talent they had, it it, it didn't work. I right. mean, they've they've got to move it around. I mean, move, losing Kyrie for nothing would be probably a, an impactful to the team, but they have young guys to build around, even if he leaves, and assets to move around to surround those young talented players. Right, and they've just built it all through trades and the draft, and it's pretty, it's it it will be that that will be one place to definitely watch. Be curious if they still go after Anthony Davis, though, if they're basically assured they Kyrie. They don't have Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. Do they still do? Like, would you move a Jason Tatum to get Anthony Davis if you don't have Kyrie Irving to pair him with? I, w- I would say no, right? Probably not. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it. So what direction? Because then you're still kind of in building mode as opposed to where the Boston is now in, in win-now mode. Yep. Mm. Watch and see. There you go. All right, joining us now in studio has been hanging out with us all day is our good friend Mike Wilson from Any Hour Services. Now, Mike, if uh, we've been talking to air conditioners today, and yep. if, if I decide to uh, go that direction and get in, uh, a new system, are we talking hours, days, minutes? How long does it take you guys to usually do it? Uh, to do the install itself, it usually takes about a day. I mean, it could be a little bit less than that, depending on the size of the system. And that's that that can include a full system swap out. You're doing the furnace and the air conditioner. The thing with us is that we've got so many HVAC installers. What we do is we look at the jobs that are on the for the next day, and the the HVAC install manager he organizes it and assigns the crews. So if you've got a larger job, our objective is to try and get it done in one day. So if you've got a really big job. We're probably going to throw some extra manpower out on that job to try and knock it out that day. If it's a smaller job, you're going to have a smaller crew out there. But the objective is still to have you to, to for us to get in and out and have you back up and running within a day. We love having you in, Mike, because not only do you take great care of our listeners and always have a great deal, but you always have some advice for our listeners as well. So if if somebody out there is is thinking about doing this, do you have any advice for them as far as the process and what to look for? Uh, sure, a couple things. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, you definitely don't want to wait until it's 100 degrees outside and your system breaks down to begin the process of shopping. Now, a lot of us know if our systems are getting a little bit older, we know it's not going to last forever. So the, the the tricky part is finding the time to sit down with somebody and be like, oh, I'm just kicking it down the road. Because as long as our system is running, it's like, ah, I don't want one more thing to do. But as soon as that thing goes out on a 100 degree day, you're like, oh, this sucks. I've been it's, that guy, Mike. <laughs> right? I've been that guy. And then you, you feel like you're bent over a barrel, like trying to yeah. meet with these companies and feel like you have to go with the first one. Here's the thing. A lot of people meet with companies and the only thing they're trying to ascertain is what's the price. And I had a personal experience recently that kind of drove the point home to me that price probably isn't the only thing you want to find out about these companies. Um, so at, at our house, we're, my wife is remodeling. She wanted to paint the house. So we've never, we've never owned a house long enough to have to repaint it. And so she's going through the process of meeting with painters and the first guy comes out and she's like, oh, hey, this price seemed really good. And I was like, okay, cool. Do your thing. And then she meets with the next guy, and she's like, oh, well, I met with this guy, and he... 
seemed to know a whole lot more than the other guy. He was making recommendations that I didn't even know that I would be interested in. He was giving me suggestions on the paint types, the paint colors, and it was just a totally different experience. Now, that guy's price was a little bit more, but my wife felt so much more confident having him because he came across as a professional, and that's the guy that we ended up using to paint the house. He's painting it right now, and my wife has been really happy with that. Now, with your HVAC system, keep in mind that there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and there's a lot of calculations and measurements that have to be made to make sure that the system isn't going to have hot and cold spots around the house, that it's going to heat and cool the home the way you expect it to, that you're going to have the air quality that you want. And there's going to be a difference in the people that you meet with. The guy that walks in and just says, oh, let me look at this old unit. Here's a number. Boom. Here's a price. You absolutely could go with that guy. He'll get you a new system in. But it's it's really hard to tell the difference in how an an improperly installed system uh, works compared to a properly installed system if you're comparing them on day one, because they're both going to run as brand new. But as the time goes on, the difference in how they perform, gets that gap gets bigger and bigger. So don't ignore the way that you feel when you're meeting with a company. And we're going to talk about the offer here, and you guys always have great offers, but it's the reason you do. You guys just want to get in front of our listeners and show why you're different and how you do it better. Absolutely. I mean, the cost is the cost. We've got the cost of goods sold, and we've got to make a profit on top of that. But right now, the thing that you've got going for you is the manufacturers are throwing in some massive rebates. And so, between uh, manufacturers and utility companies, you can save up to $2,000 on qualifying high-efficiency air conditioners. Any hour is going to kick in another 600 bucks. So, you've got a possibility of saving up to $2,600 on qualifying high-efficiency air conditioners. All you're doing tonight is setting up a free visit to meet with one of our HVAC supervisors to find out all of the details. They'll walk you through the process, explain all of your options. Again, the visit's free. The reason you want to call tonight, though, is after our guys are done meeting with you. If you called tonight during the show before 7 o'clock, we're going to give you dinner and movie tickets, whether you buy anything or not, just to say thanks for your time, because we know it is a commitment of time, and it's annoying to have to meet with somebody, so we want to reward you. (laughs) (laughs) No obligation. The visit is free and not annoying, like Mike says it is. You'll you enjoy might think the, it is. I don't experience. know. We try not to be annoying. <laughs> Save up to 2600 bucks, and if you call before 7, they're hooking you up with dinner and a movie after the consultation. So call now, 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, you're the man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks. All right, more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.